A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to another episode of On The Line. Speaking of On The Line, I'm here with the founders of On. That was a great intro. Thank <laughs> you. Amazing. I'm you planned that. <laughs> that was pretty good. Before we get into this episode, I just want to let you know that you can get a free box of On products using the code VIP. They just told me about this. I'm very excited about it, so I wanted to put it at the beginning of the episode because I would love you all to go and try these products. They're amazing and the branding is super cute. But just so you know, it's UK only. So firstly, who are you guys and why are you on the show today? So my name is Nikki and I'm one of the founders of On. I'm Leah. Leah. And um, On is an organic tampon subscription service and we launched about a year ago. Right. And okay, a subscription service. So how does this... For, okay, wait, wait, wait. Well, let me just back up. <laughs> why? How did, why did you start this? Okay, so... Right back at the beginning. So let's rewind to 2016, end of 2016. Nikki and I, actually, let's go even, even further back. So Nikki and I met at uni on our very first day of, um, we were at Sussex Uni. We got put in the rooms next door to each other. Someone's great decision. <laughs> yeah. And then just, I think that evening we were dancing on tables and just bonded instantly. So then um, fast forward like six and a half years. We were, um, yeah, 2016, end of 2016. And there's us over a glass of wine. Um, having a catch up, Nikki starts a period. Or oh, I think you were like, I was unprepared. Yeah, I'm prepared, but my period's going to come. I think it's going to come. Went upstairs into my house, and not my proudest moment, I'd bought some pads, mainstream pads that were covered in purple hearts. And I'll let you take I mean, over. I basically just went upstairs, like rummaging through all of her things, as you do when you're unprepared. Just like take anything you can find, opened up this pad, and I was like sat on the toilet, and I just noticed for the first time, like, why does this look like this? Okay, And yeah. I just got so angry. Yeah. Maybe partly the wine, maybe partly the situation. <laughs> it does sometimes bring up anger, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. It yeah. definitely does. Anyway. So I just ran down the stairs and I was like, Leah, what is the deal with this? Like, why do the products that we buy look like this? Like, yeah. I'm 26 years old. Like, everything else I buy really reflects my sort of personal taste, brands I like, you know, everything like that. And these these pads were just covered in, like fluorescent colors and then purple hearts mm. on the actual pad so we started yeah. talking a lot about how or kind of how, what we felt when we had a period so the fact that we were putting tampons up our sleeve every time we were walking to a restaurant and for me I don't know why it's a personal thing I cannot get a non-applicator tampon in like Ked just does not go in like <laughs> Nikki like it's a total opposite but I cannot get a non-applicator tampon right it, I mean I remember the very first time I used a tampon it was a non-applicator tampon uh-huh. and I was on a school trip and my friends were like it's easy just shove it up there and like when you're that age you don't even know what that even what means what does shove it up there even mean shove like 
where does it go? (laughs) Which direction? (laughs) And I remember just thinking, like, I'm so confused. And it was kind of painful, actually, weirdly, the first time. Okay, I'm going to just put this out there. I still find a non-applicator painful. I don't know why. It might be, like, the angles that my vagina slants backwards. But I cannot get it up. I'm just convinced you don't put it high enough up. I've yeah. tried everything. I have tried we have this everything. conversation quite often. <laughs> well, can we just talk about non-applicator tampons since we're on the subject? Do you literally just put your fingers right yeah. up there? You literally just like kind of hold it with the tips of your fingers. And you kind of have to give it like a little bit of shove. But you can feel it kind of push through that boundary. Yeah. Like up through. And then it's comfortable. Obviously, if you get it stuck just in that middle bit it's not going to feel very comfortable. Exactly. I definitely did that the first time. I think we had a sports day and I really wanted to use a tampon. Got it kind of stuck halfway up. And oh my God, the whole day I was just walking around like, this is not what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so so going back, so I was always using applicator tampons because I can't use a non-app. Um, and standard, I, I'm like, I have a heavy, heavy period. So I'd have a super or super plus. And for some reason, these are like fluorescent green and wrapped in plastic. And so I'd always be walking through, walking through a restaurant, feeling like a woman, but looking like I'm holding a sweet and feeling a bit like a child. And it was that kind of the um, almost creating those sensation or the um, kind of a shame, shame. What am I trying to say? Like, there, there's lost, definitely lost, a shame angle around yeah. it. But it was like perpetuating this feeling of shame. And I think that for uh, for us was something that we highlighted and we're like, actually, we're 21st century women, but we feel we feel like a child every time we bleed, which happens once a month to, to a lot of us. Yeah. Um, and how can we change that? So going yeah, right back to the story of how we first started, that was the initial part. And we went, let's try and create a brand that women and, uh, and other people that bleed can be really, really proud of using yeah. um, and can walk through a restaurant and like wave their tampon around because they're like, hey, fuck it. I, am I allowed to swear? I'm not sure. Always. <laughs> 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 but being like, hey, um, I'm bleeding and I'm really proud of it. Um, and then we were looking into how we would do it. Yeah. And the realization came really quickly that there's more disclosure regulations on hamster food than there is on tampons. Stop it. It's awful. Yeah. So in a mainstream tampon, but no one knows it. And this is no one's fault because the regulations aren't, the disclosure regulations aren't there. So mainstream tampons um, are kind of synthetics. They've got rayon polyester viscose in them. Um, bleached cotton, that leaves a byproduct of dioxin. You've got plastics in the tampon themselves. You've got the, the glues for the strings. Um, there's kind of, and the herbicides, pesticides, I think the list is endless and really? different companies using yeah. different things. I mean, I have heard a lot about this and I honestly never really thought about it until quite recently mm. where the discussion around periods is you know, a lot more, you know, prevalent and stuff. So then I was like, it, yeah, why am I putting all that stuff up uh, my vagina? Uh, I don't want that. Yeah. I think it's, it's really interesting as well when you think about there's like a complete lack of studies on the effect of using these mainstream tampons. But what we always say is like, if you're going to be using a product that intimately in the most absorbent part of your body, sort of for seven days a month, every month for your entire life, it's like up to 16,000 tampons over the course of your lifetime. No yeah. way. Like, that even if it's small trace elements of all of these things, it's going to have an impact on your body just in the same way that like eating organic food or using organic like skincare is going to have. And it's a lot of the mainstream companies say, well, it's okay, kind of dioxin is one that is highlighted a lot. And they say, well, dioxin, it's fine because it's just a trace element. And our counter argument would be, hey, this is a trace argument, a trace element, but you're using it for, yeah, as you said, kind of up to eight hours a time during your period, so up to 16,000 during the course of your life. And the, that trace element very quickly adds up. Um, right. Well, what can some of the side effects be if, if you just keep using these things? Well, obviously in the long term, there's like 
can imbalance your hormones. Like dioxin is like one of those cancer causing chemicals. I mean, the long term effects are quite prevalent, but they're also really under researched. In the short term, we've had customers come back to us and say, I used to have thrush every month when I had my period, but now swapping to organic, I don't have that anymore. Same with BV. So all of these sort of like more common things that people would have that they just think is normal when they sw- swap off mainstream tampons they realize okay that wasn't normal actually mm. we had it with our very first hire and she came and started working with us and switched to organic and she'd never thought of organic tampons before she switched to organic and within what like three months she came back to us and go and just went I thought my period was normal I thought this, the feelings I had on my period were normal and that yeah um, she was sore kind of dryness um, thrush frequently and she thought it was normal during her period and I mean you would be because kind of that's the products that you've grown up with. That's what you're used to. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's no reason to believe otherwise. And then switching to organic. Um, and there are kind of lots of amazing organic brands out mm. there. But switching to organic cotton, she she realized that actually it was the chemicals and the synthetics were affecting, affecting her. Okay, personal her anecdote here. I grew up, well, I mostly always used pads. And mm-hmm. I know you guys don't do pads, right? Can we talk about pads? Coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> coming coming soon. soon. Okay, coming soon. <laughs> uh, so I, I mostly did that. And then I, you know, wasn't really into it anymore. And I started using tampons. And exactly what you were just saying, all these other random mm-hmm. symptoms kept coming up. And I didn't even think it was because mm-hmm. of the tampons I was using. I was at the GP like every single month. And uh-huh. I was like, what is going on here? For some reason, I just didn't even put it together that that could be that. But I think it's also we don't talk about it. So like the idea that there would be anything but just cotton in your tampon is not a topic of conversation that comes up right. often mm. because we don't talk about periods in terms of their symptoms, how they make us feel, what products we're using. We just use what we're used to and get on with it. Right. And that comes back, I think, to like the shame and stigma that there is around periods and mm-hmm. menstruation. Like, we talk, I mean, we talk, <laughs> my boyfriend knows so much about periods. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I feel sorry for him sometimes. <laughs> but we talk so openly um, all the time. And I think that was one of the things that we've always done in, in our friendship group. We've always been very open about any symptoms that are going on, everything that happens with our vaginas or, or anything else when we don't only talk about vaginas. Mm, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think stepping out of our friendship group, especially when we first started on we realized that the conversation was still so taboo um I mean we had to do a first round of investment and that that was in 2017 um and that was tough there were kind of men that would would literally wouldn't touch a tampon like like literally like physically literally wouldn't touch wouldn't it because yeah. they were like no that's like horrible and understand different cultural things but these guys like yeah just would not touch a tampon like, like going for a pitch meeting and the investor won't even like pick up the product that you're trying to pitch him I mean, we were just sat there like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay, so so you guys, you're researching <laughs> hamster food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're drinking in university <laughs> and having a great time and you're best of friends. So then how do you decide to turn this into an actual business? And were there any brands like this out at the time? There were a couple um, of brands. There's some in the States. Yeah. So there's some bigger ones, kind of Lola, um, Sustainer in the States. Mm-hmm. And then in the UK, there were a handful of really small ones at the time. Um, what we felt that these companies were all missing was that they were following a very kind of mainstream path of advertising tampons as if well, every time you get a period, you're going to dance around in a in a meadow wearing a white fitted skirt and we, and I kind mean. of and very pink and very girly. And we were like, this isn't this doesn't represent all women and all people that bleed. And we want to be bold and we want to be feisty. And if we're going to talk about periods, we're not going to we're not going to say. Um, 
Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of think of um, names and words without saying brands. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're not we're not basically gonna say it's Aunt Flo's coming or right. Yeah, so, you know, we're not we're gonna speak really proudly and we're gonna say actually we're bleeding like this is our period and we're gonna destigmatize the word period. Um, so and all the imagery around periods at the time when we were launching was still like okay, you've got a period brand, but there's nothing actually about periods on the Instagram feed or on the website. Right. You know, it's like pug dogs, MacBook Pros and like white bed sheets and a coffee cup. And we were like, this doesn't like doesn't match. <laughs> like, I don't feel like I connect to this brand. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's where we like started with like, okay, how can we kind of swap things yeah. around? But it started really on a frustration um, of realizing that People that bleed couldn't find out what was in the temples that they're using inside them. And that was, I think, although we loved the idea when we're talking about brand and how could we do something different, it was really when we realized that people didn't have the information that they deserve to have. Right. Um, And that was the point for us that we went, now we're going to change this and we're going to do something about Mm -hmm. it. So it wasn't till April 2017 that we kind of quit our jobs and went full full time. I was doing brand consultancy and um, bits of business stuff before and next year we're kind of doing international women's rights yeah so um, we came from quite different backgrounds but then I think once we started working it was like we couldn't stop yeah and I think that's it was almost like an accident it was like three months later <laughs> yeah, we were was. like okay I'm, I'm pretty much spending all of my free time on this we need to do something about this if we we're actually going to do it properly mm. did you always think it was going to be a success like were you did, were there moments where you were like this is never gonna work oh all the I time. mean still <laughs> yeah like it's so up and down and I think that's something that people don't talk about enough when they talk about starting their own business or sort of female founders and this new trend towards women starting businesses I think there's like this quietness around people speaking out about how difficult it can be and yeah. how much you need to depend on your friends and family for support or mm-hmm. mentors or just outside influences to like really get that knowledge that you need to keep going every time because you're going to face a lot of hurdles yeah. yeah it's almost like you look at a lot of other founders and it looks like you're looking at this idyllic Facebook page mm-hmm. or Instagram feed um, and where people aren't talking about this really really shit times too and there are them there's so much of them <laughs> but like and you can pull through them there's always a way to pull through them but it is hard and yeah it, it does take a lot of perseverance and passion exactly like mm-hmm. that's the th- that's the one thing is if you don't have that every time you hit a, a block you're going to be like is this worth it yeah mm-hmm. i think that's so true because i meet a lot of founders of companies because i'm i'm just personally so interested in starting businesses that's just like so fascinating to me that somebody can be so passionate about something that they want to dedicate their entire life to it <laughs> like that this is obviously your entire life yeah, yeah. um so i find that fascinating and everyone says to me you know either on a podcast or just in uh, over dinner that they had and still have no idea what they're doing and Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true but it's like you know what you're doing but you really don't because it's (laughs) like every single day is something new and you're like well I don't know let's deal with this is that what having a business is all about just like dealing with things constantly absolutely and learning fast learning so fast yeah I think what's really interesting as well like I find myself really lucky to have Leah because our kind of skill sets and when we get stressed is really different so I get stressed out about the long term so I can Mm -hmm. have like a panic attack being like oh my gosh Leah like you know what we want to build and in six months to 12 months time like what's going to happen with this Leah's like relax it's all gonna be fine we can do this (laughs) relax yeah and then she gets really stressed out about like the tomorrow yeah 
And so then I'm like, we can handle that. That's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. I'll walk into a meeting like palm sweating. And Nick's <laughs> just like, what's wrong with you? We're fine. <laughs> well, it's great that you have each other. Yeah. Mm, I think really it's very important to have a partner that, or at least somebody you can really talk to about mm. stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is a call-in show, and I have our very first question. Thank you for discussing a, top- a topic that affects 50% of the people in this world. I hate my period with a passion. Ever since I got it, I can't get used to it. I'm not a woman that embraces it, and I don't feel like it makes me look womanly or feel womanly. I absolutely hate it. I feel like I'm not clean. I would prefer to use tampons, but I always just use pads. How? Basically, the question is, how can I kind of get to a point where I can accept my period? I think this kind of goes back to the shame element of it. I actually just like had a flashback of me watching, I guess it was probably like an always commercial with my mom. <laughs> And it's like the blue liquid and like yeah. the pads and mm-hmm. honestly just being so embarrassed by it. Yeah. How do you become somebody who's like proud to have a period? I think it's a great question. I think that also the way that um, this person's feeling is really common. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. It goes back to the way that for centuries we've been um, sold period products and this taboo around it. What we're really, really passionate about is not telling anyone how they have to feel about their period because Mm -hmm. every single person will experience it differently. And you might experience it differently from month to month. And like, I do really understand like just not feeling happy with having a period every month. And you shouldn't feel ashamed that you don't embrace it every month. Like, that's a good point. That's that's mm-hmm. okay too. And and maybe it's more about learning how to cope in that month. So be like, you know what? When my period comes, that means I'm more tired. That means I need to take a little bit of time out for myself. Like I don't need to go around feeling super confident and super excited that I have my period. I can just be like, okay, like it's a bit of downtime for me in these five five days. Yeah. And that's okay too. Yeah. Although it kind of, for just adding on to that, if this person does want to feel positive about their period, I think the small steps are kind of actually starting talking about it. Mm. And even if it's you're telling your best friend or your mom or even your kind of boyfriend, husband, girlfriend, whoever you're talking talking to, um, maybe just start mentioning your period and start mentioning how you're feeling and what you're experiencing. And kind of slowly but surely, I think you'll you'll move in a position where you well move in the direction that you feel more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of one of those things, especially. Oh, oh God, I mean, I'm like you know, I'm a single gal, you know, always dating and stuff like that. And it's so fascinating how like when you're dating, you just like you're if you get if you're on your period, you just like don't even want to mention it. It's literally like, oh, I'm really busy working this week. So can't really meet up. But actually, I'm just like dying a slow death with my hot water bottle. But it's so true. It's like, why are we pretending it's not happening? It's Mm -hmm. very strange. It's very strange. But also people's bodies can be so different too, right? right? Like if you are single and dating and you're about to come on your period and you're super bloated and your water retention is really high, you're not going to want to go out in the same outfit yeah. that you would have gone out in two right. weeks ago and feel that like confidence that you have around a different part of your cycle. It's like, So all of these like symptoms and stuff, they're actually real because sometimes I feel like it's all in my head. I'm like, I feel like three million sizes bigger than I actually am. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. tired. I have like weird anxiety. My yeah. back hurts. Like just stress levels are high. And there's always something in the back of my mind that's just like, just deal with it, get on with it, get through it. And I feel like that's something so many women deal with. It's like, well, it's just another day and I have this and I also need to like be smiley and be happy yeah. and da 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 So... They're real. Those it's symptoms. real. It's okay. definitely real. Like whatever you're experiencing, it's real. Right. And I think if you do feel really, really intense symptoms, it's maybe something to look at, like tracking your period. Right. I know that for me, I've had my periods been like 
so out of sync the last couple of years. Like, I think I went for a year without having one. So when it came back, I was like, okay, I need to understand this part of my body more. And it was around the same time we started on. So Mm -hmm. I was just super fascinated about like how my hormones were changing, how my skin would be at different parts of my cycle. Mm -hmm. And I started to actually look at where my cycle was. And it made so much sense. Like once I started to notice the patterns, It's always so funny when it's like the week before your period and you are just feeling some type of way. And it doesn't usually like hit you until you actually get your period and you're like, okay. And it's every month. So my boyfriend checks my period. (laughs) Genuinely checks my period because um, I think it got to the point that one time we were on a holiday in Vietnam and it was like two days before we were about to come back home. And honestly, I was maybe a couple of beers in... um, and we had a, I don't, I don't even remember what happened. It was nothing big. He took the piss out of something I said. I burst into tears. I'm like, I'm getting my passport. I'm going home. I'm crying my eyes out. <laughs> this is so like, something I would do. <laughs> yeah, in the monsoon, um, rainy season in Vietnam. And it's like pouring, pouring with rain. And I'm like, I'm getting my passport. I'm going to the hotel. It's tears flowing down my face. I'm going home. So yeah, and this happens like without fail. I mean, it's not always quite so dramatic, but without fail, like two days before my period. And what, he's like, honey... You know what time of the month it <laughs> yeah. is. That would kill me. Yeah, he has to be really careful now. Yeah. It's like, wording, right? I, yeah, he's like, your experiences are totally valid, but do you think maybe it's like a certain time? Oh, and I'm my like, God. screw you. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. So it can really make somebody like you know be more quick to like get into a fight. You think like like these hormones? Leah goes absolutely psycho. So I would say 100 percent yes. Like, <laughs> but it's different for every person. Yeah. But yeah, your P- PMS kind of, you're typically a bit, a bit and more feisty. Th- does that have a lot to do with what pill you're on, if you're on the pill or anything like that? Or can that be changed? Because I need to get a grip here. <laughs> I think def- if you're taking sort of hormonal contraception, that will affect how your natural hormones are working. So it'll it'll definitely be different whether you're on contraception or not. Yeah. And what contraception will also affect it. So obviously different pills are going to mm-hmm. have different combinations of estrogen and progesterone. So... <sighs> Yeah, it's it's a bit of a minefield. Um, so it's definitely worth speaking to someone if you do find that your PMS symptoms are super, super intense because yeah. it might be that like your diet's not supporting your hormones or you've got some imbalances or you just maybe want to look at trying some hormonal contraception if that's what you're interested right. in. Mm-hmm. I heard that while you're PMSing or on your period or whatever, you're, you shouldn't eat as much sugar even though it's exactly what you want because yeah. it can really yeah. like make the symptoms much worse. Yeah, and, especially, and also when, you, kind of when you're feeling cramps, all we want is like grab me that chocolate or that cake. Yeah, I want, it. I want it all the carbs and all the sugar. Um, but yeah, it's really bad for cramps because of the inflammation. Oh right. Mm. But we would suggest dark chocolate. Yeah. Actually, is really good because it's got high levels of magnesium, which is um, a natural sort of muscle relaxant. Okay. So if you're going to eat sugar, just make sure it's like the sort of high, fine, good chocolate stuff. So speaking of things that can help with cramps and things like that, let's talk about CBD oil. Yes. <laughs> Our favorite topic. Yeah, yeah. mine too. So we, well, we actually, we well, before we launched CBD, it was a conversation that we were having for, I mean, we were having the conversation for probably, probably a good eight months or so. Yeah. And Nikki wasn't sold on it at all. Leah <laughs> mm-hmm. um, comes to me quite often with these like new things that she's like, oh, this is the best new product. And I'm always like, okay, well, what does it do? Like, is it really going to work? <laughs> yeah. Now I'm pretty much obsessed with CBD. Yeah. So we met our um, partner CBD company here, Grace's London, um, in May last year. It's made in London? Uh, it's Yeah, it's made in London. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's all made in London. Um, 
so we met them in May last year, and at this point, I was already already really interested in CBD. Um, we basically started trying out her products to start with, yeah, and started using it. Kind of, I know we shouldn't we shouldn't have done it because the formula wasn't made properly to go internally. But I was using it on tampons to try and um, soothe period pains. Um, you were soaking the tampon in CBD. Yes, yeah, so I was like dripping, dripping. Um, yeah, using the CBD oil. Is yeah, dripping it onto the tampon and then and then using it internally. I mean, I shouldn't have been at all because <laughs> the formula isn't wasn't made yeah. to be used internally. Right. Um, at this point, I think it was really interesting because when we first met um, Shona, who's the founder of Grace London, she was saying that you know all the feedback that she gets from her customers using her roll-ons was that they would actually use it during their period and find that it really really helped with their cramps. And that's when she was like, I I really want to see if I can find a brand to do a collaboration to do a period product mm. um, and then Leah, Leah and I started testing out her products for about yeah six months mm. and found that it really really helped um, I get really bad cramps every like second month but to the point where I'm like writhing in pain in bed can't do anything for about two hours like like sweating from my upper lip it's yeah. absolutely <laughs> awful wow, that's intense and trying the CBD it was like it didn't completely take away the pain because that pain is so high for me but it completely relaxed my body so that I could actually manage it, mm-hmm. which I think is just such a big thing that we don't talk about is how to manage that pain because obviously the pain that some women will experience over their periods is can be really, really horrible, especially yeah. if you have mm-hmm. like endometriosis or something. Yeah. Right. Well, for me, I wasn't taking... I'd, when I had an accident, it's a long story, so we won't go into it, but when I was like 15, I had an accident to paracetamol overdose. So ever since then, haven't taken paracetamol ibuprofen. Um, and for me, so having period pumps, you're like, I'm screwed. There is nothing out there that, that I could actually use yeah. until, yeah, I found, found the CBD. And now it's kind of, I remember we were at a conference once <laughs> and um, the Grace's formula it smells a little bit like weed. Like it, it just has that kind of marijuana smell. Um, and we were at a conference and it was very kind of like, a lot of white middle-aged men in suits and I was like my period is bad and I had a CBD roller on me and I went and it just rubbed it all over my tummy all over my lower back and just came in like I must I, there was definitely a smell yeah, yeah they must have think like I popped out <laughs> for a spliff <laughs> <laughs> what's a spliff I've never heard of before um yeah back pain that is so major to me that's what I get and it's literally like all over my back. Mm, I don't yeah. understand how that happens. It has nothing to do with your back. Mm-hmm. Does it? Well, it's kind of the, the pressure and like it's your muscles contracting around your uterus and then oh. it's obviously so close and you also will sort of tighten your back to kind of protect that right. lower area when it is cramping. Oh. It's kind of a lot of pressure going on down there. So the CBD oil works. Basically in your body you've got an um, endocannabinoid system. Um, the marijuana plant has got endocannabinoids in it. CBD is cannabinoil. Yes. So this is, sorry, it's like loads of annoying language. So forgetting past that, it's basically extracted from the marijuana plant. It's ours is a full spectrum um, CBD, so it's the entire plant, not just the hemp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the endo- endocannabinoid system is basically responsible for so many different, um, different things within your body. So um, it could be anxiety, hormone balances, Nikki kind of... Uh, obviously affected your skin a lot mm-hmm. um, as well as pain and so it's in the pain that kind of we're using it for so how it works is it basically relieves the cramps so the endocannabinoid yeah endocannabinoids links to the endocannabinoid system um, and relieves the cramps and the pain or relieves the pain reduces right. the pain does that make that it, makes sense it makes sense yeah and are you supposed to put it on the <laughs> tampon so um 
Ours is top is a topical one, so you can use it kind of yeah lower lower back, lower stomach. Um, some people are using it on their um, temples. temples. Thank you. <laughs> people are using it on the temples. I personally use it on my tampon. Um, the formula is made so that people it's not going to give you a negative effect, but it's very much everyone's own. It is tip, it is a topical one, so it's completely at the, um, the risk user's of the user. risk to yeah use it internally. And you can eat it. Our no, one you can't. Cannot eat no, yours. But that's that's on the cards. Right. I you did can... eat yours. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I literally literally I got it in the mail and I was like, C B D, let me just pour no. a little of this down my throat. I love C B D. Did it taste good? No, but I mean I don't care. I put, I think I put it in either a smoothie or a soup or something like that. But I love C B D. But it's the thing with C B D is it's such a low percentage. But is it is yours effect like obviously you you're gonna say it's effective, but mm-hmm. it is a low percentage. Like that's what's legal here, right? Yeah, you can have a have a higher one. So it's very much in the way that the plant the C B D is extracted and then processed. So our one is a one percent, but our manufacturer or our partner Graces is convinced that it is it has the effects of a ten percent. And even I had um um Sunday, yeah, on Sunday I had someone that came to me and said um, he did the, he'd been using the CBD oil, um, so he'd been using it kind of various bits and both, but he'd been using it. He was typically used to using like a thirty percent, and right. he turned and it, he was paying like a lot of money for a thirty percent. Yeah, he turned around and was like, "Yours is so reasonable and it worked so well." Right. Um, so it's we. I mean, we absolutely swear by it now. Personally. I think it's really also important to obviously talk about the fact that CBD is becoming really, really popular yes. right now, and there are a lot of brands launching CBD products. A yeah. lot of like food companies trying to put it into their like CBD edibles are my favorite thing mm. on planet yeah. Earth. Yeah, yeah. I but feel I, like my audience is going to be like, "Who is this girl?" <laughs> I'm the same as you, 100. percent It's like it's so relaxing, and it literally is like you obviously don't have any sort of high from it, but your body just feels so relaxed and yeah. your mind, but like yeah. in a nice way. It's, you're yeah. not stoned, so it's like you can still kind of do your thing. But like yeah. a, a CBD edible and a Netflix, yes. Perfect <laughs> yeah. combination. CBD and chill. But that's why it's <laughs> so important to like look at who's supplying the CBD that you're like buying because right. because there are so many brands launching, there's going to be a huge difference in quality. Yes. And that's where like knowing if it's full spectrum or not, like what percentage it is, where it's extracted, all of those mm-hmm. things are super important. So just oh, yeah. like for people to make sure that they're checking that. Okay, so, right, you decided to make some tampons that didn't have any of this stuff in it. What's the next step? Where do you even go to do this sort of thing? So, oh gosh, we have, we've had a lot of a lot of big steps. So, I mean, initially, what the branding was really, really important for us, obviously finding the manufacturers, that was a real yeah. hustle. We had to, we wanted everything to be GOT certified and Soil Association, Soil Association certified. So that means that, um, we could say it, that the tampons are 100% organic um, rather than going out and saying, hey, they're organic, but actually that might mean that there's only 1% organic in them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, our tampons are 100% certified organic. Um, so that was hard because there were manufacturers that we had to hustle so hard um, to try and convince them to take us too seriously <laughs> um, and also do a kind of tiny minimum order quantities because we just didn't have any budget. Right. Um, Turned taking like taking ourselves and our business plan to the factories and being like, hey, we're here. Can we have a meeting? Like, will you take what we're doing seriously? And that really worked. But, yeah. I mean, it took, like, going that far. Yeah. So then you get your products back mm-hmm. and you package everything up yourself? Or, like, how does this – I mean, this is the part that <laughs> fascinates me. And then you just – you've got your Instagram going? Or how, how do you get the word out there? 
So we launched the Instagram before we launched um, the products. Yeah, only just before. Like two months before. Um, Obviously had done all of our branding, ordered the packaging, um, set up a little office. And yeah, for the first couple of months, Leah and I were packing the boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we were lucky enough that we could get someone in to help us so that we could start doing other things like marketing and fundraising and all of the other good stuff. I remember our first day, the packing boxes, we had more orders than we anticipated, a Mm -hmm. lot more orders than we anticipated. We thought, okay, we're going to launch, maybe we might get five orders. I think we had maybe about 50 orders that first day. Wow. And yeah, which was amazing, super, super exciting. And the support when we were going, oh God, well, how are we going to cope with this? What's going to happen? But I remember we packaged up the boxes all ourselves and we ran to the post office because we genuinely were like, it, was, it just took so much longer than I anticipated. Yeah. Us running, I don't, I'm not even sure convinced you had shoes on at this no. point. I don't think I just, <laughs> running out the door to get to the post office in time. Um, and yeah, that, that, was a re- that was an amazing day. Yeah. Yeah, that was lots of fun. What would you say to other women out there who are considering starting up a company? Oh, so much. There's so much. Um, My number one tip is kind of fail fast and learn from it. So make those mistakes early on. I think unless you're making mistakes, the likelihood is that you're not kind of pushing yourself. So kind of make the mistakes, fail hard, fail fast and learn from it and then kind of pivot and move on um, and never let failures get you down. Kind of they they are what you learn from. Right. Yeah. I would just add that to like make sure that you have a good support system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when you go into starting your own business, like especially if you're not in a network where your friends are doing similar things and maybe your friends are all working sort of more corporate jobs and that stability, it can get really overwhelming. Yeah. So make sure that if you're going to do it, like go to some events, try and meet some other female founders, try and make sure that you have other people that you can talk to about the things that are going on in your life that they'll understand yeah it's also so hard when you don't have structure like you wake up in the morning and you're like yeah you know I guess I should do some stuff you obviously want to be doing this stuff but it can be really I don't know sometimes I feel like I'm doing nothing but I'm always doing a lot of things but you know what I'm saying (laughs) it's like every days go by and you're like what is happening so I think sometimes it's really important to like take note of what you've already accomplished yeah absolutely yeah our um, entire team although we're still a tiny team our entire team is remote so we don't have kind of a set office yet Mm. um, which has its amazing benefits but also it's quite hard but it means that we are all on kind of Skype calls all the time um, with places all all over the world I mean our tech team is in Australia our writer content creators in Madrid we've got CFO who's in Portugal, designer in Indonesia. We are literally all over the place. Wow. Um, which, yeah, it's amazing. It keeps things super fresh, but it is tough when you don't have that kind of that base that you right. are kind of doing a nine to five. Okay, so switching pace a little bit, I want to talk about plastic-free periods. Um, it's just really interesting that people are kind of starting to take note about no, you know, single-use plastics but especially in regards to tampons because, I mean, you said the number of tampons we're using – yeah. Think of how much plastic that is. Yeah. And you guys use cardboard on your applicators. Yeah, exactly. That was a conscious choice, I assume. Yes, because you look at a mainstream tampon made of plastic, like that doesn't biodegrade for over 570 years or something. What? Yeah, so um, that's a lot of plastic pollution just for a single person. And obviously, I think a big thing is like you never want to shame people for mm-hmm. their choice of period products. Right. And we're really, really big on that because obviously everyone has different like socioeconomic conditions under which they buy their products exactly. and different personal preferences with comfort, um, which is why we wanted to launch the non-applicator and the cardboard so we could give people sort of an easy option to make that swap if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um because, yeah, some people just like the comfort of having an applicator, and that's okay. Yeah. I yeah. really do think it's something that people don't even think about. It's mm-hmm. like plastic and 
Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. that's yeah. just what it is. Yeah. Even the mainstream tampons have got plastic in the actual tampon themselves. Um, and that's something that you would never, ever, ever assume that you're actually putting plastic inside you. And pads as well. There's the equivalent of four plastic bags in every pad. No. Mm. Yeah. And it's something that obviously people don't know. You kind of assume it's a nice, nice piece of fabric or cotton or, or similar. Um, you would never know it because there are no disclosure regulations. And it's for us, that is the most frustrating thing that there's people that are trying their hardest to be kind of really, really environmentally friendly, but aren't given the information that, mm-hmm. that they actually deserve. So what's going to be in your pad then? So they are 100% organic top and cornstarch on the bottom, wrapped corn in cornstarch. Starch. Yeah, and totally biodegradable. How? 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 <laughs> <laughs> when I, I think of cornstarch, I think of my grandma like adding cornstarch to like gravy. This is a very strange <laughs> memory. But yeah, she's like, this is how I'm making the gravy. I'm adding cornstarch. We're all like, ugh. <laughs> so have you seen the, the um, co-op do their new bags? Yeah. Yeah, so it's oh, similar, it's similar like material that. to that. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, that's cool. And can we talk about the period tax? Yeah. Yes. What do you, what can we just, just talk about it? I mean, it's a serious <laughs> anger point of us. Yeah. <laughs> I bet I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> Luxury as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Ostrich yeah. meat isn't luxury isn't taxed helicopter rides aren't taxed ostrich ostrich meat, meat isn't taxed and we're like what? that's literally like yeah. the most luxurious meat <laughs> you could probably buy <laughs> it's, it's really funny absolutely mad yeah. um so we absorb all the all the tax um, for all of our customers because okay. we just think it's absolutely ludicrous yeah. um fingers crossed it's, I mean, obviously no one knows what's going to happen right now, but fingers yeah. crossed soon, um, soon the, the government will scrap it. Mm. Um, I think there's enough people talking about it, enough people making noise about it. Yeah. But yeah. We actually have a question about menstrual cups, so let's play. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hi, Estee. I'm 21 and I'm from Canada. Uh, I'm not from Waterloo, your hometown, but I'm from Mississauga. So you probably know where that is, uh, just outside Toronto, very suburby. Um, I think it's really great that you're covering periods this week. I think it's a topic that should be so commonplace in conversations with women, men, whoever. 
um, and I'm really glad that you're tackling it. So I don't know about you, but when I meet a woman or a menstruator who says they use a diva cup, I'm just like, you're on a next level of like menstruation. Like, how do I get to your level? I think it's amazing. Um, And I know they're environmentally friendly to an extent. And I know that they're just better than tampons. But I don't know. I've just never taken the plunge. And I guess my question is, have you ever tried the Diva Cup? And what do you guys think about it? Do you think it's a good way to be environmentally friendly? Uh, Let me know about it. Thanks. What do you guys think about them? Because I was watching the Amy Schumer stand-up comedy and she was mentioning it and how she, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's, I think it's super funny. And she was talking about how when you, you have to like take it out and then just like, anyway, she made a joke about Kill Bill and it was really funny. I can't recreate. But I cannot fuck with them, but I want to, but I can't. I've tried to use one. I have really, really tried. But I mean, it's similar to not being able to get a non-app. Oh, yeah. You'll never be able to get <laughs> No chance. <Just> give up. <laughs> and I think for us, we wanted to offer something that was a kind of an, an alternative for people that were trying to be environmentally friendly. Right. We are full supporters of anyone that uses a moon cup. Yes. Or a menstrual cup. Absolutely. I mean, it's super sustainable, really affordable, um, but not for everyone. Right. I think I have this memory of um, one of me and Leah's friends like going down to the bathroom and we like we were walking through the <laughs> corridor and we just see her like stark naked, crouched in the bathroom, <laughs> trying to get her moon cup out because she obviously doesn't want to get the blood on anything. So she's like taking off all of her clothes <laughs> and she's trying to get the moon cup out and she gets it out and then just like splatters blood all over the floor of the bathroom. she squeezed it too hard and yeah. blood just went everywhere. And she's there <laughs> like oh. naked, squat on the floor with blood everywhere. And we're like... Oh, God, <laughs> you want a tampon, babe? <laughs> <laughs> but so many people really do swear by them. And yeah, in theory, it's, it's something I, I think I could do, but I, not for me. But yes, everybody seems to love them who uses them. It's like you're either into it or yeah. you're not. Yeah. It seems like that. Well, can we talk about how long you should actually keep a tampon in for? Because I got a lot of question about toxic shock syndrome. And mm. I remember when I was like 14, it was literally like my biggest fear on mm. earth that I was going to get it. Uh-huh. Is is it that common? It's really, really rare, but it's actually rising again. So the numbers of people getting TSS is rising. Um, so one of the things with TSS is the synthetics in the tampons can create an environment in which TSS can, um, can the, the bacteria can actually grow. Um, and so that's one of the reasons that with organic tampons, there's never been a recorded case of anyone getting toxic shock, shock syndrome. Um, it is super scary. And I, can, I think everyone thinks it's very, very much related to how long you leave your tampon in for, yeah. um, as opposed to kind of what synthetics or fibers are being left in, inside you. So, um, and it's on the rise again because mainstream companies are making their tampons more and more and more absorbent, which means people are using tampons like, basically, so I'm gonna rewind. So if you're using a tampon and you pull it out when you're kind of, you think the time's up um, and it's still white, yeah. you need a lower absorbency. So people are basically saying, okay, I'm gonna keep my tampon in for 10 hours overnight maybe. Um, I'm gonna use the highest absorbency and even then you're pulling it out and you've got white fibers. And yeah. those, if they're pulling it out and you've got white fibers, it means fibers are being left inside you. Oh, my um, God. And that's the environment that TSS can um, can grow in. Oh, now I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, I mean, it's not a scare tactic. No. We're just saying always use the absorbency that you actually need. Don't try and kind of say, okay, I'm going to have the maximum absorbency because I want to keep it in all day. Use the absorbency that you actually need. That is yeah. a big takeaway for me from this. I don't have like a very heavy period and even sometimes I'll use the lightest one and mm-hmm. I still don't 
Yeah. I mean, in that case, it might be just worth having a, a liner or a pad and actually right. not using a tampon in that situation or using an organic one. Right, exactly. <laughs> can you sleep in tampons? You you can. I mean, we always say you should change them between four and six hours. Oh, is that, is that that's, what you think? That's what we, we say. Obviously, um, mainstream companies say up to eight hours. We always say four to six. Yeah. Um, so I think that is totally down on kind of personal preference. I know people who will literally leave them in for like two, three days. Wow. Yeah, your faces. Wow. That's how <laughs> I feel. And I have a friend, not naming names, because this was a horrific experience for everyone involved. <laughs> but she got a tampon lost up her vagina for like a week and a half. Didn't even realize it was in there. I don't understand how it happened, but you know, shit happens. But yeah. And she was getting all of these symptoms. She thought it was BV. She wasn't really sure. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was stuck up there. I mean, she's fine. But she had to go to GP to get it out? No, she actually managed to do it herself. That How was did some... she realize that it was up there? Well, I think we were both just like, what's going on here? I was like, yeah. we're going to need to go to the GP. This was like all hands on deck. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? And she was like, I think I took it out. So anyway, stay woke about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For I've, sure. I've done it. I've lost a tampon before. Have you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this story is just a bit a bit too much. No, it's like, not. It's not? No. Okay, I'm going to go there and try not to take too many, too many details. Please do. I basically, this is years ago um, with an ex-boyfriend, and I accidentally had, like, sleep sex. I don't know how many people have sleep sex. Wait, what? Like, wake <laughs> up in the middle of the night and you're having sex. Like, with your boyfriend. So he looks really confused So right wait, now. Yeah. wait, he's on top of you or you're on top I of I was on top. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you were not awake. I, <laughs> I mean, I was at some point, but when the, when it was initiated, and I probably initiated yeah, it, I um, wasn't aware. I must have been sleeping. And I know then woke exactly up. what you're talking about. Yeah? It's just like okay. sleepy horny. Yeah. 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 I know it well. So, but... <laughs> I, when I finally woke up, I was like, shit, I'm on my period. I've got a tampon in. Like, I don't remember having well, sex. You had a tampon in? <laughs> Girl, <laughs> what a night. Yeah. <laughs> what a night. And then he was like, well, I'm like, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's nothing. And in the morning, I'm like searching everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like the, down the side of the bed. What did I do? Did I go to the toilet? Like what happened to this tampon? And yeah, it was inside me. And you had to go to the GP? <laughs> no, I didn't. I managed to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Period sex. Yeah. Thoughts. Love it. Protocol. Love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it as long I have really heavy periods. So as long as it's like not day one, exactly. two, as long as we're a bit further on, I'm yeah. good. I'm down. Um, like day one, two, I'm like, boy, don't touch me. Like I have the worst cramps and I don't want to go near you, let alone have you inside me. I found it quite interesting that especially if I'm not on day one or two where I'm super, super heavy, my period, like the, the blood flow actually kind of stops during the actual sex. So like, it's not that messy for me. Okay. Not that it, being messy would be a problem, but like, it's not so scary to think about like, it's all coming out. And then as soon as like finished and like cleaned up, then the blood starts coming out again. It's like my wow. body's like, okay, I'll just pause for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the protocol? You just say to the dude, I'm on my period and let's do this thing? Yeah. I've only ever had a one night stand once when I'm on my period. Okay. I mean, and that was very much like, yeah, I'm on my period. Your shop, and, and most of the time, I mean, they're not going to say no. Yeah, and then experience. you just put it, put a towel down, and 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 move on with your life. Like I, I, I have no, I don't have period sex. Oh, what steps do you have in period sex? Are you like just a barrier up to it? 
I don't know. I'm just like not into the idea of like bleeding all over somebody's sheets. Like, although I did <laughs> last weekend. Oh God, <laughs> just admitted that. But I was horrified. I was horrified by it. How did the guy react? You mean care? Yeah, that's the thing. Like most people don't care because. They're going to have experienced that at some point uh-huh. with someone else. Yeah, um, I know. And I said to my guy friend, I was like, has a girl ever bled on your sheets? He's like, oh, yeah, all the time. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, it's stupid. But this is the conversation. Like, it's yeah. so cool that, like, as the more we start talking about it, and the more like, yeah, like, I bled on X, Y, Z. I bled here and there. Yeah. Like, the more we start talking about it, the more it's going to be normalized. And, that, and people feel that it is okay to have period sex. And if a guy, if you want to have sex and the dude's up for it or the other girl's up for it, whoever's up for it, then, like, full steam ahead yeah also a lot of women are more horny when they're on their period mm-hmm. this is a fact mm-hmm. so it's kind of a shame if you can't you know get it in <laughs> get it in <laughs> um and i wonder what it feels like for the guy or you know i mean i just is it is it is it's like natural lubrication yeah i was just yeah. thinking that's probably more like yeah well something wow. to think about that is something to think about <laughs> okay we have an audio note and it's all about free bleeding mm-hmm. okay let's play it Hi, Essay, Nikki, and Leia. Uh, my name is Logan, and I'm from Toronto. My question is about free bleeding. Uh, I don't like how wasteful tampons are and how uncomfortable pads are, so I free bleed every month. Sometimes when my friends find out I do this, they get pretty disgusted as they think it's unhygienic. Uh, what are your tips for people that prefer to free bleed, and if there are any products you recommend for those that do? Thanks. What is free bleeding? Okay, I'm going to put my hands up and say I've never got my, my head around this one because I I know that one of my old yoga instructors free, uh, free bleeds and uh, like one of our friend's girlfriend's free bleeds. And he actually said recently that he couldn't come to the weekend away because she was on her period. And we were like, what? You can't come because she's on her period? Like, why can't she come? And he's like, oh, she free bleeds. And I, that, to be honest, I should have questioned that more and be like, what does this mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but, I would have gone into full-blown research mode. <laughs> yeah. This is the first I'm hearing of this. Uh-huh. I mean, I would honestly love to hear more. So if people yeah. do free bleed, like, I'd love to have a chat about it. I'd Me love too. To, yeah, love to hear more. What I is get, it? You just literally just don't wear a tampon yeah. or a pad or anything? Yeah, you don't wear anything. And I guess you just have to be okay with the fact that you know, whatever you're wearing is if you're around the house mm-hmm. is going to get blood on it and then you just wash it. Um, people will also like, depending on how heavy they are, just kind of like lay some towels down mm-hmm. and just like if they're at home, just like I think it's also a process of being like, I'm on my period now. So I'm going to actually feel that whole sort of getting the blood out and the toxins out and by putting anything inside me to soak up the blood, it's not all coming out. Mm-hmm. So it's a way of like letting all the toxins come out of your body um, and it's kind of like ceremonial sometimes, I think, yeah. for some people. I see. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Are th- is it is your period, is it toxins? No. Well, it's, it's the uterine lining shedding. Um, but, of course, like for some people, getting that blood out right. and making sure that there's no blood left over from that particular cycle is a way of like making sure that you're not getting leftover blood still up there, which can be not harmful, but yeah, if you've got so, so this is I mean um, certain gynecologists or fertility specialists would say if you're if you're trying for a baby, um, don't use tampons because the tampons you know when you get like the clot sometimes mm, yeah. like the blood clot, so the tampons don't always absorb that. So it means that sometimes if you're using a tampon, it can get reabsorbed. Um, but I mean it's. Super, super rare um, and obviously kind of not necessarily dangerous, but it's what fertility specialists might recommend. Um, In terms of products, though, I mean, period underwear 
like the yeah. the ones that have that you can just wear to soak up the blood that could be an option if you don't want to use any internal products like a moon cup or mm. um what tampons. do you think of those underwear i've tried them yeah did you like them um it's i think i for myself i don't mind it when i'm at home chilling yeah yeah but then i would probably just wear a pad yeah, yeah. So for me personally, I, because I have such heavy period, it just it's not long enough. Like I right. can't get I can't get through a day with one of them. I yeah. think um, typically they'll absorb like one to two regular tampons, and I'm like four super plus in a day. So yeah, yeah, it just don't work for me. That being said, I would I would really like to try them for nighttime as a kind of a backup, mm. like a backup product. Mm. Or I guess yeah, also like a backup in. for during the day. Yeah, like yeah. if you've got your tampon in, but you know you're going to be traveling on a train, you might not get to a toilet in time, or mm-hmm. it might might be nice like just to have that reassurance that Mm. if you did leak you're covered Mm. i know some people have said to me that like wearing a tampon is kind of bad because it is like literally like stopping everything from coming out Mm. but like is it is that okay that it's absorbing the stuff and you're leaving it up there i mean i'm still gonna go with this but (laughs) just one just out of curiosity is it i mean we've never had and i think we've been obviously using tampons for ages i think it's more dependent on what the product is that you're putting inside mm, you yeah. and that's going to cause more harm I mean you've got these, these the natural fluids that are coming out anyway right. um, obviously there are yeah, certain cases where um, you might want to get rid of get rid of blood faster mm. um, I think it's also just personal preference isn't it yeah. like what you how you feel around your period and if you don't feel comfortable putting something inside you to absorb the blood then then you're going to prefer that it comes straight out and maybe then using a pad or a period underwear is a nicer option. Yeah. I mean, one thing I'm learning from this is that periods are so personal. Yeah, definitely. So personal. Wow. I think it's, that's a big, like, ethos behind the the brand is, like, every single person's period is unique. So, like, even if you have a regular cycle, that might change up every month and mm. your, your sort of preferences around products are going to be different mm. and how you experience it with your pain is going to be different. So that was a really, yeah, as you said, that was a really big thing when, he, when we launched. We wanted to offer a service that catered to everyone that bleeds. Mm. So, um, and obviously bringing out pads, but at the moment you can choose your tampon type, you can choose your absorbency ranges, you can use, choose the quantity, and you can choose your delivery date as well. So 10% of women actually have a 28-day cycle, a regular 28-day cycle. I mean, for me, I get it like clockwork, but it's every five weeks. Next, you're a bit more irregular. Yeah. Um, and we noticed that kind of every single period was so unique and so personal um, that we wanted to cater to yeah to everyone's needs. Yeah. Well, something that is something that's been on my mind recently is period poverty. Mm-hmm. What is something that we can do to kind of help that cause? There's so much that we can do. So obviously, um, there's been a lot of talk in the UK about period poverty because um, of the period protests that have been going on where... Um, people haven't realized that period poverty in the UK is a problem. So young school girls um, not going to school because they can't afford products. Um, and we have always considered that to be such an important part of the mission around sort of destigmatizing periods because it's talking about, you know, you might have problems with transparency in the period product industry, but we also have the problem that some girls and women are not getting access to period products at all. Mm. And that's really damaging to their lives. Um, so we, we also support our charity in Zambia. Um, every month with um, the subscriptions coming in and it supports a girls program that does menstrual health and sex education because the Zambian curriculum in government schools and community schools aren't supported with that. Um, We do workshops to teach the girls how to make their own reusable pads out of locally available materials. Mm. And then we also um, support the building of new toilet blocks at the schools Um, because obviously if you don't have a safe and clean place to change 
then having the right products doesn't really matter. Right. Um, so it's more, yeah, it's more than just donating period products um, right. in those cases. Yeah. Um, Although, and obviously here in the UK, they've just passed the bill to provide um, period products in schools, which is amazing. Super, yeah. super happy about that. But, but then there's, a, there's like amazing NGOs. So um, Bloody Good Periods, there's um, the Red, Bo- Bo- Red Box Project that both um, donate products as well. Right. And what's the name of the charity that you mentioned in Zambia? The School Club Zambia. Okay, cool. I really wanted to talk about Femspace mm-hmm. on your website. Can you just tell people a little bit about what that is? I was reading some of the articles last week and they're really good. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, we wanted a space that people can kind of present their experiences um, in and that people can read and relate to. Um, and so I think it kind of all stemmed from that and stemmed from kind of maybe Googling symptoms and finding like... Finding like that you get to WebMD and it tells you you've got cervical cancer when you've just yeah. looked up a couple of symptoms. Right, yeah. We just found that there was no space where we, we personally could find information around menstrual and sexual health and like our reproductive systems that was in a voice that was relatable, that we'd actually want to read that was interesting and that still gave us the right information. Right. Mm. Um, And I think it's these intimate experiences that people are often scared or maybe humiliated or kind of just a bit embarrassing to talk about. We're going, hey, we're here, we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about it with like just so much pride um, and love talking about it. And I think that maybe being so proud about it well, hopefully encourages other people to go, actually, like, that isn't so scary or that isn't so horrid or, oh, I can relate to that. that yeah. That's with me. And maybe talk and maybe kind of um, encourage that conversation within within their own circles and help. I mean, it's all in all in the mission to de-stigmatize periods. Totally. Yeah. Okay, so what advice would you give to any young listeners that are going through, you know, getting their period for the first time and, and are just kind of like, what is happening to me? Because... I guess there, it's changed a lot since I was a youngster and got my period. A youngster. youngster <laughs> little kid. Um, and got my period. But I remember when I got my period, there were no resources where I could talk about it. Like, mm. the internet was around, but, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if it was just me, but I didn't know where to go to, to learn yeah. about periods. So I think it's a bit of a different world. But say, you know, you just got your period or you're just kind of getting used to it. What would you say? Well, firstly, I actually don't think it's a, a completely different world. Okay. I think I think there is still a real kind of lack of menstrual and sexual health um, education in schools. So we have a lot of customer service um, inquiries from young people who don't have access to the resources and information that they need or maybe are embarrassed to, to go and ask the people around them. Um, and we had even a question recently with a young a young individual that said, if I use a tampon, um, am I still a virgin? And it's Yes, kind of, I've, mm, I, I, yeah. that was a big topic of conversation in my yeah. school. Yeah. And, but I think there's still a lot of, uh, there's so much education that's missing um, still. Can so, a tampon break a hymen? Interesting question. I mean, there's a lot of things that can that can break a hymen. I just kind of blurted that out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of things that can break a hymen, and everyone's is very very different. Right. Um. So even things like horse riding, or you might be wrestling, or kind of there's there's a lot of different things that that can. But I think going back, it's like separating the breaking of the hymen with losing your virginity and that that discussion. Yeah. Right. It's important. Yeah. Absolutely. But I would say to young people. that just to kind of to try and talk about it, to try and reach out to anyone you trust, any kind of women in your life that have or individuals in that in your life that have been through the experience that they kind of you know that have bled. I mean, ultimately, every person on the planet 
is a result of a uterus that at some point bled. Um, and I think that, that knowing that and kind of really understanding that is, is so important, kind of 50% of the population bleed. Um, and reaching out and saying, hey, is there anyone I can talk to? Because the likelihood is that someone that you're close to in your life has been through a kind of a similar experience. Definitely. Yeah. Um, can we talk about our first period stories? Yes. yes. You guys go first. <laughs> to be honest, mine wasn't like anything outrageous. I just remember, like obviously I told my mom and she was like, okay, here's a pad. And it started so full on that first that first day that it came. So you just went to the toilet and you were like, there's blood there. I was like, there's like a tiny bit of like, okay. um, like brown yeah. stain. And I was like, I think that's my period. Because the other girls in my class had started... So I was like kind of prepared that it could be coming. And I went and told my mom and she gave me a pad. And then she gave me a few because we were going to a family friend's house for like a big barbecue. How did you feel telling your mom? I felt like quite normal, a little bit mm. excited. Did you? Like, oh, excited. This, something's happening here. Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't a scary thing. Yeah. I only remember being scared because she'd give me quite a big pad. And I remember going to the bathroom to change like halfway through this like big barbecue. And like my mom wasn't around at that exact moment. And I went in to change and literally the pad was full and it was like dark red blood and I was like whoa like you kind of just feel like okay that that came out of me I remember that feeling yeah Yeah. but aside from like that was nothing like that outrageous happened but I just remember being really wowed by the amount of blood I was mortified at my first period my um I have an older sister and so she'd started beforehand but we'd never had the conversation like I didn't I didn't know every time kind of I mean, it, it was always like Cass is having a, a personal time or she's got a special moment <laughs> or something. Like there was never this conversation. And then um, kind of learning about it at school. But I don't think I had any friends that was, were talking about periods. Yeah. And then I think initially maybe kind of looked at my knickers and I'm like, it's kind of a bit brown. Like, did I just pee myself? Like, <laughs> out of my <laughs> vagina? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> and then... Maybe a bit later, um, it must, yeah, maybe the next day, I'm not sure, I can't remember. But eventually went to my mum and said, I think I might have started my period. At which point my dad was out. Mum rings dad and says, Leah started her period. Can you bring some, can you get some pads? <laughs> Terrific. Dad walks in, gives me a big hug and is like, congratulations. And I'm like, oh my God, ground swallow me up. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you guys? I was 12. 12. I think I was 13 or 14. No, 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was 13, mm-hmm. kind of like late into my 13. And I, all my friends already had it. I remember really? feeling like I, if I don't get my period, I thought yeah. I was never going to get my period. Yeah. I was like, if I don't get this, I started to feel weird about it. Like, if I don't mm-hmm. get it, I'm just like some sort of weirdo. That's we, how I felt. We've often spoken about like what changes between that moment when your friends are coming on their periods and everyone wants to be on because like it's that kind of like you join the club yeah. Yeah. versus a few years later when it, suddenly everyone's too embarrassed to talk about it. Yeah. And like if you, you know, get your period at school, it's like, oh, you know, it's all a bit like shameful and hush hush. And, yeah, and hush hush. So what, what changes from that moment of being quite excited about it to feeling really ashamed of it? I don't know. But I remember when I got mine, I was living with my dad and my stepmom at the time and I woke up, same sort of situation except I had already like it was like there was a lot of blood oh wow and I remember that feeling of being like that came out of me (laughs) like wow I knew what a period was but like it's different when it happens to you I remember I told my stepmom and of course she tells my dad and my dad comes oh just such an embarrassing chat (laughs) I on it talk about ground swallow me up it was like one of those moments and I actually didn't go to school that day I didn't want to go to school because I was so like worked up about the whole thing like 
excited no, and any excitement. No, I was like weirdly upset about it. Mm. But it's weird because I wanted it so mm. bad. But it was just it just made me feel strange. It wasn't until like a couple months when it, the next month when I was like, oh, this is going to keep happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go get used to this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so what's next for on? What do you see? I know you're doing the pads. But. Yeah, pads. We've got um, a few more products coming out as well, which I can't talk too much about at this mm-hmm. stage. But we've got basically we're trying to cater to everyone's period and every person that bleeds. So we've got a kind of a couple more products coming out as well as pads, which is exciting. Um, Just keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. We've got some cool events happening in the summer, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. And... And we've got, we've actually kind of, we're growing our ambassador program at the moment. So we've got, um, we had a group, but ba- there's so many supportive people, like really, really supportive people, um, customers and p- people that don't have periods for whatever reason that kind of are coming to us and saying, I love what you're doing. Can I be involved? So we've just taken on kind of, I think, 17 um, individuals to kind of uh, spread the word. And it's all about talking about periods, really. Right. Um, so we've kind of expanded yeah, that. Yeah, lots, lots of kind of, yeah, bringing lots of, People are on expanding the team and expanding the community. And I think for us, that's the big thing, kind of, we're all in this together. And yeah. Awesome. Well, I absolutely loved talking to you both. I love talking to female founders of any type of company, but this is just such a (laughs) cool company. I love what you're doing. And I learned a lot, actually. It was a great conversation. Yeah, it was was great. And if people want to find you, where can they they do that? Our website is www.on.co. That's O-H-N-E. Say it again. www.on.co. O-H-N-E dot C-O. Okay. It's a German word. It means without. So you pronounce Oni. Oh. But um, yeah, it means without. So without all the toxins and the nasties. Oh um, And then playing kind of on the on the, on the the phrase, I'm on. <laughs> yeah. But it's pronounced on. But yes. it's pronounced on. Even okay. despite, yeah. The German pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. 